Hello, Delta. How are you? Hi, Kelsey. I'm good. I, something's in the air. I feel like this is a rivalry I'm going to love. I, I love all of our rivalries, but <laughs> when I woke up this morning, I was like, mm, I think there's one coming down the pipe. Something in the air, something in the coffee. You can smell it coming. This one, yeah. I, I know you're going to love. This rivalry has everything you could want in a rivalry. It has German call girls. Okay, I like it. Tiny to non-existent noses. Mmm, this is about surgery, maybe. And moving home to record an album with your sister. Oh. (laughs) The first two made me think, like, altering who you Uh look like for espionage or something. I wish. Going home to record Mm -hmm. an album. Okay. I'm on board, though. I'm on board. (laughs) Today's rivalry is between two toys. One is this iconic legend, and the other is a newcomer trying to succeed where the other one fails. Okay. The rivalry today is between Barbie and the Bratz dolls. Okay, I'm I'm 100% on board with this. One of my favorite things about Barbies was always the shoes, like those sort of like Blanche Devereaux mules, you know, where a mule is just like over the cross of your toe, and then the back sort of flaps. That's so 80s. It's not a practical shoe. (laughs) No, not at all. And her foot is molded for high heels. Yes. I feel like I was a little bit generationally before Bratz, although maybe they were around when I was like, maybe in my early 20s or so. But And I like the way they look. I feel like a lot of drag queens look like Bratz dolls. Yes. There is a lot of, yeah, fashion influence. And I want more drag queens to look like Barbie dolls, but it's just not happening. <laughs> I don't look like a Barbie doll. <laughs> I don't think it's it's not like possible for a human to have the proportions. Right. But the whole reason that we're talking about this is the Barbie movie is coming out. Are you excited for the Barbie movie? I am. The one thing that blew my mind about the Barbie movie was when they cut to the foot, when the shoe came off and the foot was in the position on a like a real person, <laughs> the, on the actress. <laughs> And that's just yes. a thing, you know, You it's always yeah. a running thing about Barbie. Like her foot was really in that position. <laughs> it was fierce. From Sony Music Entertainment, this is Fierce Rivalries with me, Delta Work. And with me, Kelsey Padgett. Each week I tell Delta the true story behind an infamous or an underrated rivalry with all the dramatic and sometimes petty twists and turns. And then I'll declare the winner, but not every story has a victor. Sometimes it's just about who loses more. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Well, tell me this, Delta. If there was a Delta Work Barbie doll, what would she look like? What would she be wearing? What What's the hair? What's going on there? Um, I'm absolutely connected to Barbie. I have two. One is a Barbie doll that somebody, my, my friend uh, who goes by the name Faye Beyonce, created for me. And it's an actual Barbie. And then even though, obviously, like you said, the proportions, you can't really get that. 
obviously. There are dolls on the market that are plus size. Mm -hmm. They're not all this plus size. So what she did was creatively dressed it in a way that, in something that I might uh -huh. wear. And it sort of disguises, so you can't see the body that well. But it's really the makeup and the Ooh. hair that send it over the top. And then I have another doll that my friend Raja made for me. And it is based on a Mimi from Drew Carey doll she found at the thrift store. I love that. Yep. <gasps> yep. She stripped it down and made this like skin tight gown, kind of like... <laughs> It's really cool. And it's even got like a double chin already built in. Like, I love the whole thing. It's really fun. It's super campy. Yeah. And I wish Mattel would make a doll for me. I think I would like to see her in like a really smart, maybe like a suit. Mm. Well, the Bratz, they are a much newer doll. What do you know about the Bratz? I feel like the Bratz are more like inspired in my mind, by like a, the look of a music video, mm -hmm. the look of a red carpet. This is going to probably put me in the dumpster, <laughs> but not as much uh, style as it is fashion. Mm. Whatever the trend is at the moment, they like highlighting. I know they have big heads compared to the body. At least that's what it seems like. And big almond eyes. It's almost slightly a painted up draggy version of what we've perceived to be what an alien from outer space looks like. Oh. Right, you're so right with the eyes. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like a the traditional like the grays is the the right. type of alien I'm thinking of. That's so interesting. Now, listen, I am a little too old for brats as well. So I thought we would bring in a real brats expert, a real Gen Zer, our producer Gabriella. I love this. Hi, hi guys. I don't know if I'm an expert. But I do have a very uh -huh. large memory of me playing with these dolls. Yeah, we need the lowdown for sure. What do you think they're inspired by? Like when you think of a Bratz doll, like what would be the difference between a Bratz doll and a Barbie with regards to inspiration for each character? Because they're all different characters, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So I remember Bratz had four main girls when they came out. It was like Yasmin, Chloe, Jade... And there was one more and they were all brown. Chloe was white. I do remember that. But mm -hmm. I remember playing with them and having a distinct difference. They did not hang out with one another. They were not friends. Oh. So the brats are friends with each other, but they are not friends with the Barbies. No, they were like really clicky. Like my <laughs> Barbies would bite my brats dolls. <laughs> Because they just didn't go together. It was like mean right. girls. The brats were like girls that didn't listen to rules. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I could see that. And defied people. <laughs> and were like, I'm going to wear this mini skirt. And yes, my lip gloss is popping. Like, and as a kid, it was like a big deal to wear lip gloss. Mm. So like the brats were doing everything that I wanted to do. And then the Barbies were like, well, no, but you should be a doctor and a nurse. And you just want to get married and and drive around in your Jeep. And so I think in my head, I made a distinct difference. And then fashion-wise, every girl I knew wanted to dress like a Bratz. I didn't really want to dress mm -hmm. like Barbie. And then mm -hmm. I just remember feeling more seen like as a Bratz. Right. I thought all dolls were supposed to be like blonde and blue-eyed. Hmm. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And the Bratz, it was in the main line. It wasn't like, this is this is the brown version of Barbie. It was... An exception, right, right. yeah. Yeah, no. So so the Bratz are a little controversial. Did your 
mom ever have a problem with the brats? Like, you weren't allowed to wear lip gloss, but they were. Did she ever look at that and think, I don't know about this? I don't remember my mom taking up issue. I don't know if it's just because I have a cool mom. Shout out to her. <laughs> but I I do remember my best friend who is still my best friend today. Mm-hmm. Her parents are very conservative and she was not allowed to play with brats like at all. <gasps> oh, wow. Like I couldn't bring them over to her house. She was just like, yeah, I was basically told that those dolls are like evil, like bad girls that you shouldn't be emulating. I look back at it now and I'm like, they were wearing <laughs> things that I like shouldn't have wanted to wear um, as like a right. seven-year-old. I just thought they were stunning. I, I do see like there's probably some problems with them now, but let <laughs> let the kids live, you know, let them just enjoy. Yeah. I think the image of that though, like just based on the fact that I don't know much about Bratz dolls, just this conversation alone puts in my mind that for many years, historically, quote unquote, women have been told like, you match your handbag to your shoes. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what you do. And the Bratz dolls were saying it's not about matching. It's about coordinating. It's not about showing up. It's about showing mm. out. And it's about like finding this individuality. I think it's really important mm-hmm. now that I even hear this. I'm already surmising how powerful it makes people feel when they can see, like Kelsey said, mm-hmm. in the main line, we're starting this by saying that everyone has a different look. Like, we're just starting this with that. We're not, like, allowing different looks in to go, well, we're going to change our brand. No, our brand is that we're different. And it is that we're powerful. And it is that we give permission. I Mm -hmm. love it. Mm -hmm. Well, Gabrielle, is there any other thoughts on that as our expert? I will say that this was a real-life rivalry in my bedroom as a child. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it. Was there ever any violence between um, the Barbies and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the breath. Oh, absolutely. Like oh, they yeah? were drowning each other. They definitely, someone got ran over by a Jeep a couple times <laughs> oh and backed up on, you know, but secrets only to me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm excited to hear you guys take it on and talk about it. That's great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for being with us. I love it. All right, so let's get back to Barbie, though, because I want to tell you a little bit about her and her life as we get into this rivalry. Everybody knows Barbie. Everybody either loves or hates her, I really think. It's hard to find somebody who doesn't have a strong opinion on Barbie. Here's some Barbie facts. Mattel owns Barbie. That's the, the toy company that makes her. They say they've sold nearly a billion of her. Um, she's 11 inches tall, and she's available in 150 countries. Nine out of 10 American girls between the age of three and 10 years old have at least one Barbie doll. Wow. So that's almost every girl in America, which is wild. Yeah, that's a lot. Barbie's had lots of jobs, lots of outfits. I went through, (laughs) there was like this huge website where you can see all the different Barbies. And I picked out some of my favorites and I will list them now. Okay. There's Ballerina Barbie. Beach fun Barbie. Love. Roller skating Barbie. Day to night Barbie. My favorite, I think. Go ahead. <laughs> Day Barbie has a hat and night Barbie does not. I think there's some other things that change, but it's it's pretty funny. Day to night is my thing. <laughs> when I grew up in the 80s, it was all about from day to night, just change your hosiery to black and darken your lip. <laughs> like that was the thing. Like Put on a heavier amber fragrance for the evening and a fresh floral for the day. <laughs> And it was like, you kept that in like your desk or something? Like, I would keep pantyhose in here. Anyway, go ahead. 
I love that. I love that. All right. Air Force Barbie. Mm. Ice Capades Barbie. This next Barbie, you can't tell me she's not a lesbian. Lavender Surprise Barbie. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Lesbos. 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 <laughs> Mermaid Barbie. Gymnast Barbie. Flying Hero Barbie. What does that mean? Uh, she has like... What is flying? Like a squirrel suit? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really... She's not like a superhero. She's kind of a she superhero, has... but also maybe also could exist in the real world. Like it's a little... The lines are blurry there. Okay. <laughs> Got Milk Barbie. Okay. That's specific. Teacher Barbie, Astronaut Barbie, Baywatch Barbie, which I thought would wear a bikini, but no, she does not. She's... Fully dressed. Oh, she works the office. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. She takes complaints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. HR. And then the last one that I wrote down, because I just felt like has aged poorly, which is SeaWorld Trainer Barbie. No, they do not. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's not good. No, no. That was probably never good. Probably not. There was a moment I, that SeaWorld was big and Barbie was in it. So for better, for worse... Barbie is a role model for children. Mm -hmm. There's this quote. It says that it teaches women what is expected of them in society, even if we don't want it to. That is so ugly. That word expected is so ugly. She's had some controversies, more than just the fact that she's like this skinny blonde lady. We've all heard about how Barbie's proportions are impossible, that if she were a real human being, she wouldn't be able to stand on her own two feet, which is horrifying. Mm hmm. So in 1963, there was an outfit that you could buy separate from the Barbie, and it was called Barbie Babysits, and it's like a playset. And it had like, you know, an outfit, okay. but it also had a book, a little tiny Barbie-sized book that said how to lose weight. And it didn't open up or anything. It's just like a plastic little thing. Sure. But on the back side of it, it said, don't eat. Oh, you can lose weight that way. You really can. <laughs> But right. this is the expectation. Right. And keep losing weight. Keep losing weight because that makes you desirable. Yeah. So a couple of years later, 1965, Slumber Party Barbie came with a scale that was permanently set at 110 pounds. Stop it. <laughs> She's 5'9", but that would be severely underweight for a person who is 5'9". Yeah. Um, yeah. In 1997, Mattel introduced Becky, who was a friend of Barbie, um, and Becky used a wheelchair, which is like great representation of uh, all different bodies. Mm -hmm. But then if you tried to take Becky to the dream house, she couldn't fit through the doors. Oh, of course. Because of the wheelchair. And then she couldn't fit on the elevator. Of course. In the dream house. You know, Becky can't come over. And that's a real bummer. Right. Mattel has had, you know, missteps like this throughout Barbie's career. Uh, consumerism, fat phobia, racism, ableism, you name it, Barbie's done it. But, you know, she still stays strong. People still enjoy her. And kids love to have this adult woman doll to play with. You know, uh, before Barbie, most dolls were baby mm -hmm. dolls. And, you know, sort of the genius of Barbie was like, oh, little kids want to have a real woman to play with. So in the early 2000s, Barbie's yeah. been around for 40 years. Uh, she had this really high peak in 1997. And if you think about it, in my head, that makes sense. That's when Barbie was the, her most colorful and like rollerblading and like just a very exciting time for her. But coming into the new millennium, 
her sales are going down. You know, she's still America's favorite doll, but it's not as exciting. And this is when Mm -hmm. the brats emerge. But you'll hear more about that after the break. The year is 2001. You could turn on the radio and you're going to hear Lady Marmalade. Do you remember that song? <laughs> I do. I recorded a version of that song. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I have it. You can find it on YouTube. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Very big yep. 2001. Um, and this is when the Bratz come out in this moment. They debut with not just one doll, but four dolls. And, you know, unlike Barbie and her friends, the four dolls were equally marketed and they were all ethnically ambiguous. Only one of them was white. The dolls were marketed as like, quote unquote, urban dolls, sort of capitalizing on this moment when rap and R&B are dominating the pop radio charts. You know, you get like, I'm a survivor on the radio. I'm real by J-Lo. It wasn't me by Shaggy. And I feel like any of these Bratz dolls would belong in any of those music videos. Like they have the mini skirts and a crop top and lip gloss and exciting hairdos. Yeah, they all seemed very, very fashion driven and very video music award attendee at all times. Like they wherever they whatever they were wearing, they could show up to any of the shows that MTV was like, they could be on Cribs, they could be at the beach house, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they could be, I don't know, pregnant and 16. I don't know, they could be everything. They could be, they could be all of those things. (laughs) But this was a time in which I feel like white suburban kids were really excited about rap music, rap culture, which is like, quote, for black culture. Sure. I remember one summer coming back for school and every boy had dyed his hair blonde and was wearing baggy white t-shirts to look like Eminem. It was just uh-huh. like a moment where like every boy was into rap music all of a sudden and into appropriating that culture in the same way that Eminem was appropriating the culture. Anyway, so I would say that that is something that the brats are capitalizing. But on the other hand, by having them be, you know, different ethnicities and not just this white doll, you're having more representation. You're having dolls that more closely represent America, you know? Sure. And I think that, you know, Gabriella spoke to that. It was nice to not have like, oh, this is the this is the accommodation of the black version of Barbie. No, this is, you know, Yasmin. This is Jade. These are part of the main four dolls. And I think that was really important. So just as Barbie had gotten called out for her ridiculous beauty standards and being over-sexualized, Bratz do too. But girls loved Bratz. When Bratz came out, they did so well. In the UK, they outsold Barbie in their first 23 months, which was great. You know, before Bratz came out, Barbie had 90% of the market of toy dolls. But by 2003, just two years later, that's down to 70%. So brats have started to like really eat at this like dominance that Barbie had had for all these years. So brats come out and they're they're taking over and Barbie and Mattel, they're like, what are we going to do? Oh, no, we've been popular for so long. We came out in 1959 and finally here in 2001, somebody is challenging us. What are we going to do? And that's when they discover a nefarious secret. Okay. The man who had created Bratz had been an employee at Mattel. Oh, is that that bad? 
I mean, you don't work there anymore. <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, I mean. <laughs> his name is Carter Bryant, and he worked at Mattel from 1995 to 2001. But 95 to 2001, that's a heyday. Yes. That's like, that's, that's, a, that's a significant time. He worked in the Barbie collectibles department designing outfits. Oh, he infiltrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's one way to look at it. According to Carter, it's uh, 1998. He takes like a break from Mattel. He was on like contract with them. So, you know, he was off for a moment. And it was a, the seven month break. He went back home to Missouri, where he was living at home with his family and recording an album with his sister. Okay. Hmm. And, you know, this idea comes to him. You know, the best ideas come on your vacation when you're not thinking about it. He's like, what if Barbie was cool? <laughs> that is not what he said. What he said was that he he was driving around town and he saw these teen girls leaving the high school, which... Mm -hmm. That's a questionable situation to me, but I, I understand what could happen. Maybe he's at a stoplight or something. And sure. he's like, these girls are so cool. Like, they're so fashionable and they're so not what Barbie is. They're so, quote unquote, urban. He's like, these, these need to be dolls who are the cool girls from your school. Right. And that's when he drew up some pictures and he was like, this is great. This is this is something I should pitch. I love this. Do you think that's a good idea when he comes up with it? I mean, I mean, we're more aware of like, why are you in certain situations and like <laughs> what sparked that? But I do think there's definitely a place where somebody who is a business person uh, would, would look at something and go, let's take inspiration. Who are we marketing to? Yes. You want something that you're going to say, I I'm almost like her. This is a almost a realization of me. We want those girls to buy them. Yeah. And if they align themselves with what we look like, we're going to sell the shit out of them. Yeah. So like more yeah. pointing your aim at the girls rather yeah. than their parents, I think. Of course, because they're going to harangue their parents into buying them. Right. I feel like past Barbies or past dolls in general, they are pointing towards the parent. Like it's something you want the kid to want it, but yeah. also like, you know, making Barbie an astronaut or like this, that or the other. Like, yeah, that could appeal to girls, but you're really mm -hmm. appealing to the parents who have the money to buy the thing for the kid. Of course, I think so. Because, you know, maybe, especially with so many different kinds of Barbies, maybe there's a dad who is a pilot and is like, I want to buy this doll because she's a pilot or a flight attendant. I heard this quote. It was a pilot uh -huh. telling a little girl on a plane, you know, one day you could be a flight attendant. And the little girl responded and said, or I could own the airplane. <laughs> I love why, that. There's, I mean, being a flight attendant is a very admirable job. But to say to someone, your job on this plane, it could just cap out at this. And she just got back right at him. Yeah, she's like, well, why can't I just own the plane? What's the deal? Like, <laughs> I don't even have to work on the plane. Which I love. Okay, so Carter, he has this idea to make these cool, trendy teen dolls. We could see this as a good idea, right? Yeah, I think. He does not pitch it to Mattel, which I find to be confusing. But he doesn't. He pitches it to another toy company. And he said he didn't conceive of these dolls as competitors to Barbie he didn't know what would come of it. He had no idea that, you know, it was going to become this whole big thing. He's just got some drawings and he submits them. He's like, my coworkers, they do this too. Like, we all have ideas and we hope to get these dolls made. And, you know, 
I'm confused as you are because if you do have this great job there and mm-hmm. you're looking for the next thing, you would want to bring it to your company and right. say, hey. And if the company said, you know, we're not interested, that that's not going to work for us. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Then maybe you figure like, well, if this is my passion, maybe I need to move it to somewhere else. But yeah. to not give them a shot? I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, that will be but, one thing that Mattel argues in court. Well, this other company, which is called MGA, they say, yes, let's make this doll. And he's like, hell yeah. And so he quits working at Mattel and he goes and he works for MGA and they make this doll. And voila, we have brats. Problem is, Carter, when he joined Mattel, he signed an employment agreement, a contract, and it said any inventions that he came up with during his employment with Mattel were the property of Mattel. Mm. Ah, that's a hard one because it, it it is a different doll and it is, I think based on what the type of work that he did, Maybe it is a responsibility to at least offer it to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At least just say, like, can we do this? And if they say no, then especially, you know, he wasn't a custodian there is what I mean. Right, like He right. wasn't a custodian there who had that in his contract and was like, I want to come up with these dolls. I know no one's going to listen to me. I'll never make it into a meeting. I'm just going to do my own thing. Right. No, he was making, you know, clothes for the, the dolls. dolls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the dolls. Guess what? Everybody sues each other. Yeah. Mattel sues Carter. Mattel sues MGA. MGA countersues Mattel. Carter's like, oh, my God, what's happening to me? Oh, no. But, of course, he's having all the success with his Bratz dolls, so I'm sure he's not that that upset. But it turns into a whole big thing. In the mess of lawsuits, who are you rooting for? Should Mattel now own Bratz? Should they get some part of the royalties? Should it just be like, whoops, like, what should happen here? You know, I I feel like every single week, you make me question my own feelings about what would I do? Oh, yeah. And what have I always thought? I really mean that. (laughs) And so, like, with this one, I'm even thinking, like, okay, well, have you ever signed a contract that you then (laughs) thought, like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't understand that wording. Like, I feel like at this day and age, like you have to probably have like 17 different lawyers, no matter what you're signing a contract for. And you have to pay all of them to come in and go, this could be twisted to mean this. This could mean that. The only reason that they would want to sue is because they're like, actually, you're making a lot of money. And we need a cut of that money now. They're not doing it because they feel like, you know what? You ethically stole from us. Mm -hmm. We are really in the business of creating images for children. And we think they don't care about that. Because if the dolls had been been, uh, released and they sold a thousand over, you know, the whole world, Mm -hmm. they would be like, who cares? Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't want your lousy 49 cents. But if it's, you know, more money than you're going to get in small claims court, they're going to jump on top of it, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the only reason they're doing mm-hmm. it is because they're being greedy. But legally, yes. Legally, it does say that. <laughs> ethically, mm. you don't care ethically. You're just doing it because it can amount to another check and you want it. That's it. But I do follow rules and Barbie's technically following the rules. So Technically. Technically. Well, I'm going to tell you a dirty little secret about Barbie Please tell me it's about the call girls, please. It is about the call girls. Oh, thank God. I was waiting. I was waiting. I want to know how much for the hour, how much for the half. That's my question. And I'll tell you that right after this break. 
You always want to take a break. <laughs> So, Barbie has a dirty little secret that I think might make you feel differently about whether or not they should win in the court. Okay. So, we're going to go on a time warp. We're going to go... We are in 1952, Welkommen to Hamburg, Germany. Okay. (laughs) We open up the tabloid paper, this tabloid paper called Bild Zetung, and let's read this cute little comic strip. It's got a quick-witted escort named Lily, who lives a fabulous life seducing wealthy male suitors. In today's issue, she's being reprimanded by a police officer for wearing a two-piece in public, something that was mm. banned at the time. Weird. Sure. <laughs> and she shoots back at the officer. She says, okay, which part should I take off? I mean, fair question. I've been there. I've been there. Oh, that Lily. So this comic strip is this popular one in, in Germany at the time. And Lily is this, you know, raunchy call girl in this comic strip. But they also make a doll out of her, the Lily doll. She's, you know, about 11 inches high and has blonde hair. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that it doesn't make any sense to me now. But apparently at the time, this doll is a gag gift. It's like... You know, you go to like a bachelorette party and they have like, I don't know, penis straws. That's what this doll is, is that kind of thing. You would give it to somebody as a joke because she has boobs and she's an escort. This is not a doll for children. Right. So it's 1956. This tourist shows up. Her name's Ruth Handler. And she sees the Lily doll and falls in love. She's like, look at this cute thing. This is so hilarious. I love it. She happens to be on vacation with her two children, her two children named Barbie and Ken. You are so lying to me. <laughs> you are completely lying. And I think you can see where this is going. <laughs> so she buys a bunch of these Lily dolls and sends them back home to California, back home to her toy company that she had co-founded with her husband to create an American version of Lily. And that is Barbie. The teenage fashion model, debuting in 1959. Wait, Barbie was always supposed to be a teenager? (laughs) Yes, which I like. Hold on. That's also additionally disturbing. Additionally disturbing, but most disturbing is that she was this German call girl from the comics that you would get at a bachelor party. And also, I mean, even if this doll was originally made to be like a a fun thing, like a Mm -hmm. gag gift or whatever, I find it so interesting how many people like have no problem appropriating somebody else's art. Mm -hmm. Is there an image of of the original doll? Yes. Yes. Oh, God. That that is the doll? Yeah, I'm sharing you that. Yeah. That's the original uh, Call Girl doll. Yeah, the Lily doll. It's 100% Barbie. I mean, come on. Okay, so we're looking at Lily. Lily has these arched eyebrows, thick-lined eyes. She's busty, has a thin waist, is wearing a red-striped swimsuit with black pumps. The very first Barbie has similar makeup, similar body shape, only she's wearing a black and white swimsuit and open-toed heels. It's 100% Barbie. Did they even change it at all? So they say that they change it some, but I can't honestly. 
not see much of a difference. I think I see it in the feet. The feet are a little more fetishy in this one. That is a very fetish foot. Fetish foot. Okay. I'll tell you right now. Because <laughs> that's a Betty Page kind of arch. Ooh. Do you think that the actual vintage Barbie, like when you look at her face, do you uh-huh. think she kind of looks like it a little bit? <laughs> like look at the face and the forehead and everything. She's kind of she's kind of in the sewer a little bit. Oh my God, because she's really pale. She's scary, Georgie. <laughs> Yeah, man. I'm feeling it. What do you think about the fact that she named it after her kids? This is what I think. I bet you that person was on vacation and was just so sloppy and messy (laughs) that she went into some little (laughs) shop and was like, oh, my God, look at this whore doll. I'm going to give me like, what do you have there? Give me like five of them. And we're going to send these to the factory and we're just going to sell them as is. And she probably jacked up the price. And then they were like, you know what? We sold these really quick. And she's like, make more. Who cares? It's five o'clock somewhere. She's the original wine mom. I bet you she wore a shirt in 1964 that said wine mom. Wine mom. The slander against Ruth. mm -mm. (laughs) She does not sound like a a very ethical person at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this, the fact that Barbie is theft, intellectual property theft is so clear, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, the company that owned Lily sued Mattel. But they lost. So they sold Lily's rights to Mattel in 1964. For like nothing. I think it has so much cred if you own a Lily doll. Like I would love somebody to gift. If I was gifted a Lily doll. Yeah. Oh my God. That's fierce. (laughs) Right? That is fierce. Oh, I want a Lily doll so bad. (laughs) Send uh, Delta a Lily doll. I want it so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because what they did to the Lily doll was worse than what Carter's doing, right? 100%. Because Carter came up with a new thing. He didn't steal Barbie. And actually just go, like, let's just make a mold of that, please. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) So just to recap where we're at, there's a bunch of court cases going on between all these companies. It's the early aughts. Mattel has sued MGA. So that's Barbie suing Bratz, claiming that Carter's designs were the intellectual property of Mattel, so that Barbie owns the Bratz design. They also sue Carter himself personally. And that same year, MGA, who makes Bratz, countersues against Mattel, saying that the latest line of dolls, the Mycene dolls, copy the Bratz doll looks. And somewhere in there, Lily, her creators decide to get into the action and they sue Mattel for millions in royalties, claiming that they were pressured into that earlier settlement and that they were actually owed royalties for all this time that Barbie has been using Lily's look. And they lost that court case. Of course. So there's a bunch of lawsuits, like I said, and they go on for a really long time. But it all culminates in this one court case where this thing happens. The lawyer defending Bratz, MGA and Carter, he's questioning the Mattel CEO. So the Mattel CEO is on the stand and the lawyer says, OK, say I'm 18 years old. I'm doodling away and I put my little doodles in one of the drawers in my parents' house. Mm-hmm. 20 years later, I'm hired by Mattel. And then I visit my parents' house. I find these doodles. 
does Mattel own those doodles? Mm. The Mattel CEO says, well, first, what do you think he's going to say? I don't know because I just tell me. Because <laughs> well, I can't do this. Uh, this is so. This is this. This has more twists and turns, I think, than any of our rivalries. Honestly, maybe I'm super invested. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I'm gonna make myself look an idiot more than I normally do. The Mattel CEO he says yes, probably yes, under the contract that Carter had signed. Yes, if he drew these drawings when he was. 18 and came back home and picked up these drawings, then yeah, we would own that because of what that contract said. Mm. That's crazy, I feel like. What do you think? You think that's wild? I mean, it is crazy, but the bigger company is always going to come out the victor. But it seems crazy to me that you could sign a piece of paper that basically gives away your creative rights from your whole life. Right. For the time that you're employed by that person. Like, that just... In the fine print, there's anything. But then somebody has to interpret that. Yes, absolutely. A judge or a jury or yep. somebody has to interpret that. Well, guess what? The jury does interpret this and they say, that's crazy. No, Mr. Mattel. No CEO of Mattel. You can't do that. And mm-hmm. you know what? Carter didn't do anything wrong. He didn't steal anything from Mattel. He didn't owe you every invention he ever had. In his mind, even if he did draw the Bratz dolls when he was working for you. And you know what? You need to pay damages to Bratz for all of the legal fees and all the stuff that they've been going through. Wow. It's $300 million in damages. Whoa! During that time, Bratz had these huge successes. You know, in 2002, they won Toy of the Year. Revenue rose to $2 billion a year, uh, which was wow. wild. And, you know, in a true mark of success, they faced their own controversies, just like Barbie before them. They had a secret date, Bratz, where the boy who was in the box with the girl was a surprise. Ooh. So you knew if you had Chloe or Jade or Yasmin, but you did not know who the boy was. And mm. parents were upset. They were like, this teaches yeah. girls to meet up with strangers. Mm-hmm. This is like Tinder Brat. Glory, glory hole brat. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Oh, no. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> so in 2006, we found out that the labor is used to produce the Bratz dolls is really, really underpaid people. In China, they work 94 and a half hours a week and we're only getting paid uh, 52 cents an hour. 2007, the American Psychological Association raised concerns over Bratz sexualizing young girls. We could see that coming. You know. Yeah, we knew it. Mm, more outrage. Girls are wearing tight clothes. How dare they? So unlike Barbie, Bratz did not have the staying power. And unfortunately, okay. their popularity waned as their original demographic aged and other dolls became popular. Like Monster High. In 2016, the Bratz were discontinued. But they have had a huge impact on fashion recently. Which seems a little odd, but if you think about the age that the kids were when they got dolls, they're now in their mid-20s and they're, you know, having influence on fashion trends. So in 2019, there was this fad that everybody was doing on the internet where they would do makeup to make themselves look like a Bratz doll. Did you see some of those makeup videos? I've seen that. I've seen that. The fashions that are popular now are things that Bratz dolls would wear. It's like the Y2K renaissance fashion. In 2020, 
MGA launched a new Bratz line, an anniversary collection of the dolls. And everybody was so excited. Uh, but then they almost immediately got called out for stealing a clothing design from a designer who had posted their clothes on Instagram. <laughs> Jesus. They say it was an accident. They meant to, like, collab with the creator, but they forgot to. Or there was human error. The person who was supposed to reach out and be like, hey, can we purchase this design from you? Did not do it. <laughs> oh, no, no. That wasn't a mistake. No. <laughs> Listen. Come on now. We know how many people are in line to make a decision to do anything when it comes to anything. You're so You got to go through Peter, Paul, Mary, and everybody else. There's no No, way. No, ma'am. There's no way that happens. No, (laughs) ma'am. Well, so, Bratz, they've had their ups. They've had their downs. Barbie remains strong, though. Remains the dominant doll of the fashion doll market. And, you know, a few years ago, they added dolls of different sizes of, you know, different bodies to sort of help their issues. You know, they even added the, like, I don't know if that they call them this, but they're like the curvy dolls. Uh-huh. Which are the dolls that are not as thin as Barbie. Have you seen those dolls? Yeah, I have seen them. I need to see a little more, but... <laughs> I agree. I got one the other day because I saw they had a park ranger one. And I was like, uh-huh. I'm doing this story on Barbie. So I was very excited. And, and she came and I immediately undressed her because I've got to see... The body I've got to see is she is she rotund. You're a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> no. <sighs> and guess what? She's not. She is no. very average size. She is. She has like normal hips normal and like normal hips. Yeah. And also, guess what? Still a huge thigh gap. Of course. Huge of course. Gap. And also, I don't know what the state of Barbie's undergarments are on other dolls, but this doll has like chunky like. Big underpants. Just no. diaper-looking underpants. <laughs> no. Why? And that's fine if they want to do underpants, but, like, are they specifically making the ones for the curvy doll right. ugly? Because that's not right. cool. <laughs> My final question for you, Delta. Okay. Between Barbie and Bratz, who mm-hmm. is the winner? I mean, unfortunately, even though they were based in some really, really shitty ways to establish your legacy, Barbie does leave with the biggest legacy. Mm-hmm. And I do say that they're the winner. They didn't win in court. They no. didn't win in my in my ethical opinion. But when all is said and done, when anybody that I know refers to a, a doll, they don't say, I want to buy you a fashion doll for your birthday. They say, I want to buy you a Barbie. The same way I would say, Kelsey, will you have me a Kleenex? But it's really facial tissue from Target. Right. So I feel like Barbie wins. Okay, so I hear you that Barbie is the legacy. She's winning. She's still going today, just as strong as she was always. But I do think Bratz did a lot for representation. Three out of four of the original dolls were people of color. So young girls got to see dolls that looked like them in a way that clearly resonated and changed how the whole doll industry was working. I would argue that what brats have given us and the way they changed Mm. our world is maybe better and makes them a winner. Uh, Yeah, I can see that. And like I said, I mean, in the court of of ethics, 
Yeah. No, Barbie is like she's sitting on uh, <laughs> like a completely and total fragile throne. Like she was stolen. And what about Ken? Did Ken even speak up for anybody? <laughs> Come Hello? on. Come on, Kenneth. You're still here with your plastic hair. <laughs> From Sony Music Entertainment, this is Fierce Rivalries, hosted by me, Delta Work. And me, Kelsey Paget. I also produce the show. Gabriella Santana is our associate producer. Caitlin Pierce and Megan Dietrich are our editors. Tiffany Walker is our managing producer and editor. Our production coordinators are Sasonia Davenport and Tamika Balance Kolosny. Our theme music is by Allison Layton Brown. John Scott is our engineer. Our executive producers are Lizzie Jacobs, Caitlin Pierce, and Megan Dietrich. TJ Raphael was our development producer. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.